Today on Ag News Daily. Feed the minimum amount of feed in order to get the most amount of meat. But also, I think everything that we do as a company uh, to lower our carbon footprint and all of those things, uh, I think every company is looking at to improve sustainability. Good afternoon and welcome to a Thursday episode of the Ag News Daily Podcast. It's Ashton Carr joined by Delaney Howell. Delaney, how's your Thursday going? Well, it's going pretty good. It's slower today, so I appreciate that. But I tell you what, Ashton, last night we had some pretty rough weather here in central Iowa. Uh, Didn't really realize, I knew it was going to storm. I didn't realize we had the conditions for a tornado. And thankfully, we didn't have a tornado at our house, but... Uh, we were watching last night some really strong funnel clouds that looked like perhaps they were going to form a tornado pretty much on top of our house. So that was interesting to watch. Um, but thankfully, they didn't hit down for us. They did, however, hit down in some parts northeast of Des Moines. We saw some pretty bad storms sweep through and had tornadoes further northeast of Des Moines. So that was pretty interesting experience, to say the least. That does not sound very fun, Delaney. I'm not a big fan of thunderstorms. In fact, when I was a kid, tornadoes were like my biggest fear. And they might even be to this day. I'm not going to admit that. But Europe is also having some pretty crazy weather. In particular, in Germany, at least 44 people have died and dozens have gone missing as floods are sweeping across Western Europe. And the German Chancellor Angela Merkel called these deadly flood conditions in Germany a catastrophe and said that she was working with the nation's finance and interior ministers to determine how the government can give help to those that need it. Hopefully, the weather wasn't so bad up there that we're going to need any kind of help for our Iowa producers, though, Delaney? Well, uh, let's hope not as well. But that is a pretty typical, I'd say, here for the past couple of years, especially that we have seen assistance roll out from the government. You look at programs like WIP and WIP Plus. uh, Those are designed to help when we have inclement weather like this. So hopefully it doesn't come to that point. But actually, while we're on the topic of weather, this is an interesting bigger picture idea, not necessarily news, but I was reading this story today on SuccessfulFarmingsAgriculture.com site. And it's talking about what we're going to see for production this year, because even if we have a record yield and uh, we're talking like a 176.6 or higher, we're still going to be pretty tight when it comes to stocks to use ratio. Again, this article is on Successful Farming's website, Ash, and I'll share this with you as well so that maybe we can include it in this week's newsletter. But as you know, the next 6 to 14 days here are showing a return of hot and dry weather. Well, on top of that, I was actually chatting with Eric Snodgrass earlier today, and he said that I asked him a couple specific questions. You know, does this year compare to any other weather years? And he said no. And the thing here is that it doesn't compare to any other analog years for a couple of reasons, mostly, though, however, due to the fact that the drought is much more expansive in the north this year than any past years, including 2020. And he said what's really throwing this year off is the lack of heat across the south, while here in the north, we're getting a lot hotter temperatures than normal. So if you add this idea in there, record yields seem unlikely. And in which case, if we don't have a 176.6 
bushels per acre yield, that puts ending stocks at an 8.1% stocks to usage ratio, which since 1960, there have only been three years where stocks to usage ratios have been under 8% have been that tight. So what that means in a nutshell is that, you know, especially if we don't see record yields and most of the guys I've talked to are not indicating that they'll have record yields. They they think yields will still be favorable and not see a drastic drop, drop but not going to be record yields this year. So that could put a little bit of some fire into the markets here moving forward and could create some tighter supplies, especially on the corn's balance sheet here moving forward, Ashen, which could be pretty exciting to watch. Well, Delaney, another thing that is going to be pretty exciting to watch is this year's Ag Launch and Farm Journal third year row crop challenge. Applications are now open for this row crop challenge to select leading startup companies addressing the biggest problems that we're facing in production agriculture. This year's challenge will continue to focus on technologies that accelerate the adoption of sustainable production practices like regenerative soil health, water and nutrient management, labor and data management, improved efficiency in production, and traceability. As many as 10 companies will be selected to participate in a live row crop challenge sprint week held in November in Memphis, Tennessee. Afterwards, these teams will present their refined pitch to a panel of farmers and aligned investors to earn the opportunity to participate in the full Ag Launch 365 Accelerator, which is a program designed to calibrate the needs of farmers with emerging technology. So folks, if you are listening and you're interested in being a part of this year's Row Crop Challenge, definitely check that out on Ag Launch's website. I'm excited to see some cool stuff hopefully presented this year. I kind of kept up with it last year, and I believe we even talked to a few of those who either competed or were interested or something like that. I can't quite remember off the top of my head, Delaney, but definitely some cool things that are going on in the world of ag technology. So I suspect we're going to see some great stuff this year. Yeah, and we'll have some great Tech Tuesday interviews there as well, it sounds like, Ashton. So switching tracks a little bit, I'm going to take us back to talking commodities because, of course, day-to-day, in case you didn't know, I work at Trader PhD. We're an ag advisory and commodity firm. But I've been watching really closely here what's going on in the spring spring wheat market as well because we're continuing to see a lot of drought and weather, hot and dry, impacting key growing areas. In fact, Ashton, I don't know if you pay attention to the drought monitor, but about 98% of North America's wheat country is actually in drought right now. So that does not look good for this year's crop. So much so that Plan Analytics a private group, uh, has lowered their U.S. spring wheat forecast to about 37 bushels per acre, down from their previous yield estimate, which was at 45.2 bushels per acre. So we're seeing a tightening there on the wheat side as well. And we did, in fact, see some fresh highs here today in the spring Minneapolis contract. Uh, At least earlier today, we had some fresh highs. I haven't looked yet where things have closed for the day, but we'll get that get to that here in just a moment. Well, Delaney, I just have one more thing to talk about today. 
And it's coming from the National Corn Growers Association's Corn Congress that is underway this week in New Orleans. I'm a little bit jealous of those who are in attendance, but either way, I have some news to report on as some key topics are coming to light. Mike Beard is a central Indiana farmer, and he's president of the Indiana Corn Growers Association, and he spoke with Brownfield Ag News to talk about some of these things, and he said that the action team meetings have representatives from all over the corn growing regions of the U.S. that come together and talk about things like ethanol, market development, and risk management. Those teams will help us set legislative priorities for the next year. And Beard pinpoints the farm bill and potential tax changes as priorities when it comes to legislation. He was quoted as saying, the farm bill is coming up and we'll begin to set the basics for that and what's coming up. We've had some pilot projects about conservation tied to crop insurance premiums, and we've had good discussions about what the numbers should be. And some of the proposed tax changes that are rumored to be coming down from the administration could be, quote, really scary and destroy family-owned agriculture as we see it in the U.S. So again, the farm bill and potential tax changes are going to be priorities, at least for the National Corn Growers Association for the next you know, few years as we're under the Biden administration. But I'm interested to see, you know, what the administration does do when it comes to the farm bill and these tax changes. So going to keep my ears to the ground when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely, Ashton. That is going to be a big one impacting agriculture. So it's important we stay abreast on those changes. But I don't really have a whole lot of other news here besides changes in the markets. What about you, Ashton? I'm all ready to chat markets, Delaney. Fantastic. Well, I just actually wanted to mention one other quick piece of news here heading into the markets, and that is export sales. We saw USDA release their export sales report for the week ending July 8th, and soybean sales did rise about 313,000 tons versus the previous week. Corn sales, however, fell pretty drastically. So not great news there on the export side of things, but... um, Overall, it seems like demand is still there, at least somewhat for now, but definitely trending lower. So we'll continue to watch how that demand story develops. But in the markets today, the story was mostly red for the corn and soybean contracts. As we watched the September corn contract, because now July is expired, we saw a little more volatility today in the corn contract. Not a ton, but entering a Traders entering into this contract month, September now closed four cents lower to close at 564 and a quarter. The Dece down two and a half cents to close at 562 and a quarter. And the soybean pits today, the August contract down five and a half cents to close at 1447 and a half. The September unchanged on the day to close at 1394 and a quarter. And the November new crop contract down three and a quarter cent to close at 1380. And then hopping over into the spring wheat pits, as I mentioned there today, we did see some more movement in the wheat pits today, closing 21 and a quarter cent higher to end at 894. So we're still a long ways from fresh con or from the overall spring wheat high, which was, I believe, like $25 back in 2008. But uh, we're chugging right along here. In the cattle complex, however, we were turning the opposite way today as the August live cattle contract shed 12.5 cents to close at 121.12.5. The October down 25 cents to close at 126.52.5. And, and in feeder cattle today, the August contract was the only one with Little Green today with 
trading 42 and a half cents higher to close at 157.37 and a half. The September unchanged to close at 159.22 and a half. And in lean hogs today, the August contract down 80 cents to close at 104.30. The October up 17 and a half to close at 89.40. Lastly, wrapping things up here with the class three dairy milk futures, August down 75 today to end at 16.98. The September down 75 cents as well to close at 17.31. Without further ado, Ashton, fill us in who we're talking to for today. Well, today we're going to be talking to two representatives from Novus about animal nutrition. Well, today on the Ag News Daily Podcast, we are talking to Gary Winter and Brad Lawrence. Had to look at their name tags just to make sure I got that right. But these gentlemen are joining me from Novus International. Thank you both so much for coming on today. Before we get started talking about Novus, I want to know a little bit more about you guys. So, Brad, I'm going to hand off the mic to you first. Okay. I'm Brad Lawrence. I'm a senior technical manager with Novus International for the pork business. Awesome. And Gary, how about yourself? Gary Winter, I'm with, uh, I'm business director for North America with uh, Novus International. So um, anything sales, technical oriented, I work in that area. Awesome. Well, we're super excited to be talking about Novus International, but I got to know a little bit more about it before we deep dive into our conversation. So give us the 10,000 foot view. Novus International is headquartered in St. Charles, Missouri, just outside of St. Louis. We um, are a feed additive company. We do business in poultry, swine, and ruminant around the world. Uh, we're an international company. We're owned by Mitsui and Nippon Soda. So uh, our big product lines are methionine, organic trace minerals, Mintrex, and we've got a new product called Grainzyme that is we're partnering with Agravita on. Awesome. And so when we're talking about animal nutrition, are there any trends or anything that producers should be paying attention to? Particularly, let's talk about pork here first, since we are at World Pork Expo after all. Yeah, Ashton. So the big issues right now in the industry are obviously feed costs. Uh, we've been here before. It's been a few years, but with uh, corn at over $7 and soybean meal over $400, uh, it really makes an impact on people's feed costs. So uh, minimizing feed cost, optimizing feed conversion are big issues. And then the other is that we're seeing is around sustainability and uh, minimizing the impact that pork production uh, has on uh, the environment. So I'm going to take things over to beef for a little bit, because when we're talking about sustainability, things like that, it's definitely been a large topic of conversation. So when it comes to feed and sustainability, at least in the beef industry, what are we looking at? Well, um, I think the sustainability a lot of times comes as trying to lower the impact on the earth. So everything we do, we want to increase feed efficiency. Uh, so all everything we can do to increase feed efficiency and efficiency in general lowers our impact in sustainability. So I think whether it's beef or swine or poultry or whatever, in my mind, it's all about efficiency to improve sustainability. So when we're talking about efficiency, are we just talking about palatability, feed efficiency, that kind of stuff, or efficiency when we're actually formulating these rations? All of the above, I would say. So I think from a producer standpoint, a lot of times you're talking about efficient feed conversion ratio, average saving, that sort of thing. So to feed the minimum amount of feed 
in order to get the most amount of meat. But also, I think everything that we do as a company uh, to lower our carbon footprint and all of those things, uh, I think every company is looking at to improve sustainability. I definitely agree. I see a lot in the headlines these days about companies being carbon net zero and, and things like that. So I definitely agree. And Brad, I should have asked you this question earlier since we were talking about cost of feed and things like that concerning swine. But what are some things right now that people can be doing? Do you have any words of advice for these kind of troubling times? Yeah, so uh, there's really three ways that we can uh, minimize feed cost. We can look for cheaper ingredients. And so what are the options that a producer has uh, here in the U.S. compared to a lot of the other parts of the world? We're very much a corn, soy, and distillers kind of ingredient mix. Uh, so look around and see what else might you be able to use. So if looking for um, more economical ingredients. The second way is optimizing the formulation to make sure you're not overfeeding, you're not underfeeding, you're really targeting right at what that animal needs. And then the third area is optimizing feed conversion. Um, was running some scenarios with our sales team the other day, and uh, several points of feed conversion improvement could be like reducing your feed cost anywhere from $1 to $5 per ton. So those are really the three key areas that we can focus on uh, today, given the feed cost uh, issues that we're facing as an industry. So when we're looking at replacements, um, you know, going to those options that might be lower in cost, should producers be concerned about how they are going to affect their animal or anything like that? Because I feel like a lot of producers might be set in their ways and have this ration formulated to a T. But if they're looking to lower costs, of course, should they be worried about how this is going to affect the performance of their animals? Oh, absolutely. Because anything that's going to affect performance is going to affect that other factor, and that's feed conversion. And as nutritionists, what we focus on is the pig doesn't have a requirement for corn. It doesn't have a requirement for soybean meal. That pig has a requirement for the nutrients that it needs to grow and to develop properly. And so the the advice I always give is look at what you're doing from a nutrient supply. Then on the other side of that, you have to look at the quality of ingredient. Uh, do you have risk of mycotoxins? Do you have risk of oxidized fats? Do you have risk of things that can limit intake uh, or that can op or uh, can decrease um, the, bene- the the nutritional value of that ingredient? So, Gary, I, I've asked you about beef before, and I'm going to kind of throw the same question that I, I asked Brad on the trends that we're seeing within the beef industry right now with when it comes to nutrition. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's all about a lot of it's about reproduction. You know, they want to get them. A healthy calf and that sort of thing. And if they can feed the right minerals and that sort of thing too, you know, so reproduction, efficiency, average daily gain are all very important to, to every producer, especially the beef producer as well. So, so when it comes to reproduction and particularly with, with dairy, I mean, it's definitely important. I mean, you're raising dairy animals. Reproduction is a, a key item there. So what are some things that producers need to definitely pay attention to when it comes to formulating these rations to make sure that they're producing not only, you know, quality mothers, but quality offspring as well? Right. So they, they want to have a healthy cow and a healthy calf and as many cows as possible, have many calves as possible. So a good nutrition level, especially in the late dry period, is very important to, to all of those. Uh, and some of our, our like our Mintrex line especially, is very helpful in, in making a, a healthy reproductive animal. 
I mean, still on the same note here, talking about reproduction, let's kick it over to pigs with Brad. Okay, when it comes to uh, reproduction in the sow, it's a lot of the same things that Gary just talked about in the beef cow. We're trying to have a healthy mom that will support a litter in utero, uh, and then a healthy mom that will have uh, as many live-born pigs as possible and support them uh, on through uh, weaning. And what we've seen in the swine industry with use of uh, trace mineral, the Mentrex uh, line in particular, is that those are important for things like fairing rate and for total born, and then also for reducing the number of non-productive days that that sow will have in her lifetime. Awesome. And and you guys have some new things coming out, launching here at World Pork Expo. So I'm going to kick it over to Gary to kind of introduce us to that. Okay. We have uh, partnered with a company called Agravita, which has been a startup company. And they have uh, take genetically modified corn and have started implant, uh, putting phytase in the kernel of the corn. So this is a new way to get phytase to your animals. So we uh, we're introducing it here. It's been quite a few trials done and it looks really good and it's a new technology that's something different in the industry. Awesome. And I mean, we're here at World Pork Expo. You guys are launching here. So Brad, I'm going to kick it over to you to kind of talk about how this new technology is really going to be used here in the swine industry. Well, the really cool thing about the Interius technology is that the initial step was the ability to demonstrate that you could put an in, the genes for an enzyme inside of a kernel of corn and then for that enzyme to be functional in the animal. That is a huge step forward uh, for the industry as a whole. But that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. It's kind of one of those things, imagine the other feed additives that we can get the corn to express and provide through a very natural, sustainable uh, way. And so what it means for the pork industry is that uh, we have a new technology that's a demonstration of the ability to do it. It's very, very effective. Uh, we've been able to demonstrate that this phytase can release up to 0.18 to 0.2% phosphorus uh, from ingredients in the diet. And that is really, really uh, interesting. It definitely sounds that way. I think when it comes to animal nutrition, there's always things that we can be learning. We don't have to be set in our ways or, or anything like that. So glad to know that this technology is out there. And gentlemen, I just want to thank you once more for coming on and joining us today. Thanks again to Novus for letting us talk about animal nutrition. I think we were trying to talk a little bit about technology, but we just kind of went on on a tangent about animal nutrition, which honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do to be able to talk to people. You start out talking about one thing and you end up ending on another. And those folks that work in agriculture, Delaney, I tell you what, they can talk. <laughs> Oh, they certainly can. And that's the great thing about folks in agriculture. We always got great things and lots of common things to talk about. But Ash and we're going to be continuing our conversation tomorrow, talking to a fantastic interviewee for our 30 under 30 interview. Really exciting stuff. So, folks, you don't want to miss that. But Ashton, with that, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.